0: Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And you are listening to, uh, myself, Kathy Cook Noble. I'm your host. I'm going to spend the next hour with you talking about all things fun and financial. And what we do here on Financially Speaking is we take one topic that people have questions or concerns or confusion or frustrations or love of, which is not usually what I get questions on, how much they love something they want to talk about. It's usually something they are frustrated on or don't understand. And that's the topic that we just pull apart and say, let's just say it in plain language instead of all the financial talks and we don't need algorithms and charts and anything like that. We just need to have a conversation because you are perfectly capable of understanding all your own finances. And understanding your finances just begins with wanting to do it there is no magic secret or pill or formula or any spell that we can concoct for you it's just you understanding your stuff and you're certainly capable of understanding it I believe that a hundred percent everyone has the ability and um, skill set to understand their own financial information you don't need to understand your finance the finances of your neighbor or your cousin or sister or brother and i say this all the time and i i mean it quite seriously people get caught up and, and it's it's our nature it's our society i think it's our environment it's the whole world works faster now there's more access to information uh if somebody doesn't text you back in 5 minutes you're stressing over it or upset because um you think that why are they they're, they're not texting me back because they're mad at me they're not answering me because they don't agree with me or there's something else going on and we we have all these these notions that we perpetuate all by ourselves and I think that's just the world that we live in now because it works a lot faster and financial questions are are the kind of questions that we can overwhelm ourselves with and we work in that same fast-paced mindset and we're thinking our neighbor just bought a new car they're doing better than me because you saw them drive a new car into their laneway doesn't mean they're doing better Doesn't mean they're they're better with their budget, doesn't mean they have more money, doesn't mean their cash flow is better, it just means they have a new vehicle in their car, in their laneway. And that could come from so many different ways. That could come from inheritance, it could be a gift, it could be uh, a company vehicle that they get to drive as part of their job perk. It could be that they went into debt, that they're over leveraged, it's that they're living beyond their means. You don't know what it means. And that's where people really let their minds spin out of control. That is really what we try and do here on financially speaking about finance is try and get that calmness of the mind to say, "Hey, I just need to know my stuff, and my stuff doesn't have to include a yacht and three cars and two vacation homes and if it does, that's fine too. no problem because that's what you need to understand but if you if your stuff is like everybody else and it involves your house or apartment that you live in or your condo, whatever type of housing you have and your one vehicle that you probably have maybe two, maybe three, but probably two, uh, maybe it involves a cottage or maybe it involves a trailer or maybe it involves having a vacation once or twice a year. Maybe it involves having children and saving for their, their education. Maybe it involves um, having somebody in the family with, with special needs and planning for their care. Maybe it involves caring for elderly parents. Maybe it involves you going back to school and getting a new, or retraining, or, or maybe it just involves you staying in the same job that you've been in for the last 20 years and you love it. These are very common and very practical realities that a lot of us know and understand, and that's what we try and understand here on Financially Speaking, because those are the realities that we need to understand. Can I retire? When can I retire? What does retirement look like? How much money do I need in my retirement? Or the reverse. I need a certain amount of money in my retirement. How do I achieve it? That's what you need to understand. And everything else is just for entertainment value. That's the way I like to look at it. Because if you understand, um, for example, in an environment that we're in right now with the markets, there's a lot of panic and and confusion. But if you understand, if you if you understand your stuff and you understand your plan then the panic and the confusion isn't about you. It isn't for you. It's everybody else who's not ready or prepared because the markets go up and the markets go down, and that's what we all know. They sometimes go up more and sometimes go up less or go down less than than they do on any other given days. There's no predictability on that. But if you're Warren Buffett and you have in his case, $189 billion in cash in his business, Berkshire Hathaway, and him and Charlie Munger are partners, and they're trying to figure out how to put that money to work. That is an entirely different question and an entirely different plan than what you and I have about what does this market mean to us? Does this? What does this look like in our retirement? If you're 40 years old, this market really is something that you're probably – questioning and wondering, but in a financial sense, you're probably ignoring because it's not going to impact your retirement because you're not retiring today. And in reality, what you're probably doing is saying, okay, how does this impact me? Well, if the market is down and you buy low, sell high, which is what everybody understands, but what emotions confuse people and, and cause them not to do. But if you take the emotion out of it and you're like, okay, this is me. I'm 40 years old. Um, and I buy low, sell high, the market's low, I have extra cash, should I put it to work now, you talk to your advisor or the person that um, you, you, know, you have trust and support with, then you might say, okay, now's the time I'm going to put my money to work. If you're 70 years old and you're retired and you're drawing from your your income, now's the time when you say, you look at it, you might be panicked thinking, do I have the right plan in place? And if you haven't been planning all along, then you you might be looking at it and thinking, how could I have protected myself? Or what should I be doing now? Or should I be doing anything now? And these are the questions you want to be asking yourself because you're drawing on some of your retirement income. So when I say everybody's entirely different and they're unique and special in their own way financially, it truly is the case. So in, in markets like this, when you have a lot of fear and... uh Um, new news all the time coming on about um, what's happening in the world as far as the markets dropping and why it's dropping and what the impact is going to be on on travel, on healthcare whatever sector you're thinking, then these are the times when you start to just take a deep breath and think, okay, do I have my plan in place? Is my plan still on track? Is anything changing with my plan? And these are some of the topics that we're going to talk about um, when we talk about how markets work, uh, that's not today. That's not today's topic, but um, our next our next week might be that topic. So uh, I just want to give you an idea of the things that we do here on Financially Speaking. And the way we do them is we get input from you. You either email us or call us or stop us in the street or talk to us. And by us, I mean us at the Inspired Choices Network. There are a lot of shows and a lot of um, opportunities for you to learn and get support and insight into different situations and different um, uh, experiences that you're going through, and we have all the shows. and And I would, I would, I would challenge anybody to find a, a show or find a, a particular topic or experience that you need help with that one of the shows doesn't support you on. I would challenge you with that. And if you can find that, then that means there's a there's a hole in our network that you can fill. And by that, you can you can join our our cast <laughs> if you will <laughs> because sometimes it is a bit of a show <laughs> with us and we are sometimes more characters than others at the network, but if you are one of those people that thinks, "Geez, you know, they're really missing something that's important that people should understand." then you you have a skill that you could share with the rest of the world and I would encourage you to talk to Christine, our network owner and Inspired Choices network coach, and talk to her about having your own show and sharing that gift with the world because there is a lot of opportunity and a lot of people out there that could benefit from a lot of gifts that we haven't yet seen. So uh, check out the rest of the network shows. Uh, plug yourself in. Ask questions. Everybody's very friendly to to get in touch with. Um, in our case here, I'm financially speaking. Uh, if there's a topic that you want to hear, or there's something that you don't understand, or you're confused about, or there's something in the news that just went over your head and you haven't have lost sleep about it, you want someone to help with it send it in and we'll write it. We'll we'll do some research if if we need to. We'll talk to people. If we don't know the answers, we'll get the answers and we'll get you, uh, get you some information. So that is who we are and what we do. So for those of you just joining us, um, please feel free to contact us. For those of you that have been with us before, you know the drill. We're going to take on a topic today and we're going to talk about it, dissect it, and hopefully break it down so it's easy to understand. And that is what to expect when you apply for life insurance. So we talk about all kinds of financial things on this show. We've talked about mortgages. We've talked about trusts. We've talked about wills, which as a side note, everyone knows my plug. If you don't have a will, get a will. You can get a will. They're not hard. You need a will. Get a will. Get a will. Get a will. <laughs> it is important. That's my side note. There you go. So uh, some of the other topics we've talked about are life insurance, We've talked about investments. We've talked about different kinds of investments in terms of what they stand for, uh, all the acronyms that you hear in the industry. We can't possibly know them all, tackle them all, understand them all, but uh, we've taken on some of them that you, you hear commonly and, and the popular ones. So things like that is what we do here. Um, today, when we talk about life insurance, there's so it's such a big topic and there's so many different parts in the insurance act. And life insurance is one of them. And people sometimes get a little bit nervous or uh, a little uptight or tense when they hear the term life insurance because they, they start to stress immediately thinking that we're questioning their, we're, we're, we're dealing with their mortality or we're going to be, um, it, depending on your mindset and how you think about it, you're afraid that if you start talking about it, something will happen. And potentially uh you're afraid that if you get life insurance, then that means you're going to die. And I tell everybody the same thing all the time because I, when I talk about it in financial terms, I, I tell them, if you take the emotion out of it, here's the reality of it. We're all going to get out of here the same exact way. So one day it's going to come where our bodies are going to be done with us and we're not going to be here anymore. And when that day comes and we all pass... The same thing's going to happen. The world, your family's going to be left, per- certain people that you love and care for are going to be left here to carry on. And life insurance, whether you have it or not, you're going to still have the same result where you're not here and your family or friends are. So life insurance is just a question in between that says, do you need it? What can you expect out of life insurance? Because you need to expect something out of it. We're not getting it for nothing, Right. It's going to be part of our financial plan. It's going to be part of our family plan. And it may even be part of our legacy plan if we go so far as to say we want a legacy. And there's certain things that I've talked about on different shows that life insurance can do. Life insurance is the coolest tool. I love it. I don't... um, I don't get nervous or squeamish about it. I think it, I've always liked it. Before I was an advisor, before I was into had my bookkeeping and financial practice, um, I bought life insurance when I was young and single, and I was super excited about it because I think it's one of those really cool products that you can you can get, and it can really change your life and your family's or friend's life or a charity's life. And I mean. It's a life changer, absolutely. It can be, and when we talk about life insurance, I will talk about the, there's different kinds of life insurance. There's different reasons that you might be looking at life insurance, and the big one is what do you expect with with life insurance? And I've had lots and lots of people say to me, um, "I don't qualify. I don't qualify," and they've 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 instantly decided that they, for whatever reason, whatever rumor or or, um, mindset they have about life insurance or whatever they have come to as an understanding of what life insurance is, they've decided that they don't qualify. Now, we all know, especially you ladies out there, we all know we're a little bit harder on ourselves than most other people are. (laughs) And it's no different when it comes to qualifying for life insurance. It sounds simple enough, but it's not people was oh i'm not going to qualify because i have uh, i'm overweight or because i have um i have diabetes or because i have um anxiety or because i have any number of health issues or or questions or because i had my appendix out when i was 8 like people come up with the the most incredible comments about why they don't qualify for life insurance and i always tell them before you take yourself out of the game, why don't we ask somebody who actually can make that decision? And if that life insurance fits into our plan, let's find out first why you think you don't qualify. And then let's find out if there's something out there that you do qualify for. Because I have yet, and I touch wood when I say this, because I know it's all subjective and every case is separate. I have not yet in my career not been able to find something for somebody that fits what they want. And there are a lot of companies out there and there's a lot of plans. So we're going to talk about that tonight. What to expect when you're looking at life insurance. And we'll talk a little bit about just uh, what the kinds of life insurances are that we're going to look at. So we're going to take our first break of the night and get yourself prepared for when we come back. We're going to talk about expecting uh, what our expectations are when we apply for life insurance. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue to talk about life insurance. We'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. Canada 613 800 8736 or Skype us at Inspire Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookkeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook Co- <laughs> Kathy Cook Lobo. See how. Sometimes it all comes together. Um, And you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Voices Network. And as usual, we are going to take a topic and we're going to break it down and make some sense out of it. And I always hope we're making some sense out of it. And if we're not making sense out of it, then at least I hope it's entertaining. So today we're going to talk about life insurance. And sometimes people think that's ironic that I use entertaining, fun, and life insurance in the same general sentence. But life insurance can be fun. Now, why do I say that? Because life insurance is one of those things that stands in the place. If you think of it like this, don't think of life insurance as what's my life worth? And that's where a lot of people sometimes get caught up. They, they think that it's a determination of themselves, and it's not. It has nothing to do with you. You can't replace you. There's no value that you can place that is the right number on yourself. So when we, when I, when we talk about life insurance, we're going to just talk about it in numbers, that what does life insurance what does it mean? What do we want it to do? What's the purpose of it? So life insurance as a rule, uh, and just generally with, if, with everybody that has life insurance, now I'm going to tell you some really cool things that you can do with it, but as a general understanding, life insurance is going to stand in the place of your income when you're not here. That's what it's going to do. So let's pretend that you're a 40, 45 year old and you go to work every day and you make $60,000 a year and you might have a mortgage, and you might have a couple kids that are, are still not quite left the house, or maybe you had them later and you've got young kids at home. doesn't matter. Put whatever combination you want in together, and we're going to figure out that you have some money owing on your, your mortgage, for example. You might have kids in university. You might have kids going to university. You might have kids in med school, law school, grad school, whatever, um, and there's some money that you're paying for with their education. So... You're 40, 45 years old. This is your situation. You go to work. You're healthy. Everything's good. And you have life insurance in place for covering off your mortgage. So we're going to take your mortgage and add it up. You're going to add up whatever the education would be for the kids. And you're going to add up however many years of income you're going to replace. So if something happens that your spouse needs to to have time off for a year or two depending on how old the kids are or how, how much you want that's supposed to be allowed to be off, grieving or just readjusting their life. So let's pretend, for argument's sake, you have a policy that's worth $500,000. And a lot of people look at that and think, wow, like that's a lot of money you're going to leave to somebody. But what you're really doing is you're saying, I'm taking this money and if anything happens to me, it is going to replace my earning. It's not replacing me, it's replacing my income. So if you think of it as you're going to have something still generating income into your household, even though you're not going to work to, to earn that every day, okay? So if somebody's paying you not to work, think of it like that. So if you're, something suddenly happens to you at 45 years old, and you pass away, and your spouse is now left with your mortgage, your kids, your education for the kids, um, household bills, obviously, you still got to pay the taxes, the, mortgage, the hydro payments, the gas for the car, put food on the table, that kind of thing. So now that, that spouse is going to receive a $500,000 tax-free lump sum payment. And it's probably going to happen within seven to 10 days. And that's going to be one check. Here it is. Off you go. Now, that has nothing. That money has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with your value as a person. The amount of grief that your family is going to go through. The length of time that they're going to take to go through the grief. It has nothing to do with that. From a financial point of view, you are giving them an income replacement of $500,000 plus that money because remember you had a $60,000 your income, you're giving them 500000 So it's like you're giving income for the next, say, eight years of you working. And it's tax-free, so you have no taxes deducted. So what does that do? You now have left your family with a gift of 500000 It's a gift because it's tax-free. For them to pay for your final expenses, Rather than go into debt and stress over not knowing what to do and how to do it, because I see that a lot, you have now potentially, if your spouse decides that, and believe me, this is part of the plan, but it's not required by law, so don't think you have to do this, but your spouse now is in a position to pay off the mortgage, to make sure there's money for the kids for school, and to continue for the next few years, several years, in fact, if that particular spouse wasn't going to go back to work for a year or two, that replaces your work. So if you have young children at home and your spouse is going to stay at home with these kids because now you have daycare that you're going to have to pay for or because your whole schedule changes, your one person is now not there, then you now have that money that's going to pay for the childcare if you need it or pay for that spouse to stay home for the next few years until the children are in school. So there's flexibility. And by flexibility, I mean you literally are getting a one-time lump sum, no strings attached payment that you are going to be able to do whatever you need to do to make things work for your family. It's also an opportunity now for you to invest money and start to really make sure that your future for your retirement is set up because you're now going to be doing it yourself. I mean, yes, we all know that it's possible that you could meet somebody else and remarry and have another relationship, but that's not, and that, that would work into the plan. That when that happens, that happens. But this is the plan that we're going to have is what do we do with this money? So life insurance is going to replace your income and give your family that financial boost if something happens to you. So that's one of the big things that you do with your with your life insurance. Now, what are the other things that you do with life insurance? Because I said there's a lot of other cool things that you can do with it. Well, say you always wanted to leave your favorite charity uh, lump sum money. So say you always wanted to leave your charity $100,000 in money, but you you can't do it right now. You're not financially there. Um, it's it's going to be hard for you to save that money and put it aside based on whatever circumstances you're in, but you would really like to leave that money when you're not here to your favorite charity and or set up your own foundation or whatever the case is that But that's a legacy. Now you're talking that you want to establish a legacy. Life insurance can do that for you. So as soon as you're not here, which is when you want to do it, that life insurance policy can have $100,000, if that's your number, directed to your charity or it can establish a foundation for you and you can have that legacy last forever. And the other thing it does, which is also very cool, if you're in business and or you're an extremely wealthy family, and you're looking at uh, a large tax bill on your passing, then the life insurance, you figure this out. This is all part of your planning, which is really fun because it's like putting a puzzle together, right? You do all your planning and you say, okay, when I die, my estate is going to to owe X amount of dollars in taxes. And I'm either going to, and I'm going to pay this in taxes because everybody pays taxes when they die. Your estate pays tax. So I'm either literally going to take that money out of my assets in my estate to pay my taxes or I am going to have an insurance policy in place so that my estate doesn't get disrupted because if you die in a market like what's going on right now for example extreme volatility the market's down every day to new records it sounds like then we don't have to sell in a in a fire sale any of our securities or any of our properties or any of our business shares because we have to pay the tax. That's just the reality of it. But now we're in a position where our insurance is going to pay the tax. So that life insurance policy is in place for the sole purpose to pay the tax. So my estate stays in in its entire form, nice and clean and neat, 100%, so that my next generation, my kids, don't have to fire sale something. Because if the market drops, like it. If I died yesterday and the market had dropped like it did then my, and my investments are down 20%, it's going to cost me an extra 20% to pay off my taxes because I have to cash something in. But if I have a life insurance policy, it doesn't matter what the market is when I die because that life insurance policy is in place to pay the taxes. So life insurance has so many great opportunities for you to do stuff. There are different kinds of policies. That we have talked about in the past, just to give you a quick summary, there's temporary policies and there's permanent policies. Temporary are for a fixed period of time, like 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, 20 years, 22 years, 24 years, whatever the number is, for a specific reason. And a lot of the time it's for mortgages or to cover off kids when they're younger. So families get married, you're 30 years old, you start your family, you have a lot of debt because you now have a mortgage, you have car payments, you have Kids that are, you know, one years, two years, three years old, so you're responsible for them. So a lot of times people will get a term policy to cover off how long it's going to take to pay off the the debt or however long it takes the kids to get to 18. Um, And that way, if anything happens, then you have that payment. And again, it does exactly what we just talked about. Then there's permanent insurance. And permanent insurance is exactly what it sounds like. You have it for life. So instead of just having it for 20 years, you have it until you're 120, however old you live. That is permanent insurance. So there's a lot of things inside permanent insurance you can do that you can't do with term insurance. There's a difference in cost. I mean, they're different products. They have different purposes. But those are the, the two main differences with insurance it is tre- temporary and permanent. So. Those are the different kinds of insurances that we look at. We say, what's our purpose of having insurance? Uh, how much do we need for our insurance? What's the best solution for the insurance? And this is why I, I tell people, uh, it's really a good idea to talk to somebody who's an insurance advisor or insurance expert. If your financial advisor, if you have one, or you have somebody that you talk to, and they help, they're really good helping you with the finances and the planning and so forth, but they're not really experts on insurance they can get partnerships with another person who is an insurance expert so that they can help you get the right product to cover off the right plan. So it's always a good idea just to have, if your person doesn't do it, then they can work, maybe they work with somebody else who does. And there's certainly lots of people out there that can help. So I would say, have that conversation and and ask, you know, hey, let's have that conversation about insurance. What do I need? Do I need it? And if I do, how much? So we're up to our second break of the night. And we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll start to talk about what that looks like when you apply for insurance. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue our conversation about life insurance. We'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. 2 p.m. Mountain and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspire Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy cook on the Inspired Choices Network. And before we went to the break, I was just sharing um, the different types of life insurance as far as uh, product types. So that's temporary versus permanent. And of course, there's uh, a whole show on just those because there's different kinds, different reasons, different uh, benefits, You know, pros and cons of both. So uh, we've done, a sh- I, I think, I think we've done a show just on that actually uh, last year. So uh, maybe it's time to do it again. I don't know. But um, that is definitely uh, something that you would look at to say which kind of insurance do we need. So today we're going to carry on with our conversation about life insurance because we talked about why you need it and what you can expect of your life insurance. Because, yes, you do need to expect something from your life insurance. You need it to do exactly what the plan in place was meant to do. So if your plan was to have $500,000 in life insurance to pay off a mortgage, put your kids through school and have a nice cushion of income for your spouse, so when you're if something were to happen to you that you're not going to have the stress for your spouse of being financially strapped because a lot of the time you have to I'm sure you can all think of people but that had a sudden death in the family and there was financial hardship because of that because This is the thing I remind people of. We live in a day and age where spouses, if you're married, um, both work. So it's not anymore where our mortgages and our car payments and our groceries and our hydro bill and our property taxes are all based on one income earners. Those things are based on two incomes. So if we went and got a house and we qualify for that house and we're paying for that house, it's based on both our incomes. So if one of those incomes disappears suddenly, what is that going to do to the second person? That is going to cause not just a lot of emotional stress because they've lost you. Now they instantly deal with the financial stress of having to pay their bills. Because we all know if something were to happen and your partner passed away, the bank is not going to say, it's okay not to pay your mortgage. Your landlord isn't going to say, it's okay not to pay your rent. Or they're not going to come to you and say, hey, let's reduce your rent or let's reduce your mortgage because your income isn't the same in the household now. That's not what happens. They say, hey, it's the first of the month. Where's your rent? Where's your mortgage? And if you don't pay it, there's going to be some serious consequences to it. So it's the same for every bill and it's the same for every every financial scenario that you can think of when your partner's income disappears. And that's what we want to protect you from. So what can you expect? So you're going to, okay, you've decided, we've done the plan, you've done your plan with your advisor, and you've decided that you need to get life insurance, and, and you know what kind it's going to be, whether it's going to be term, temporary, whether it's going to be permanent, universal life, or whole life, whatever the case is, and now, now what? So that's the next question so you're you're going to prepare for the future and you're going to live in the moment and you're going to do that by making your risk controlled and that's what life that's what life insurance does it controls your risk or it helps you with your risk management so it's it's easy to do it's easy to apply for and i also like to remind people that it's also a privilege to apply for it and receive it it's not your right because if it was your right you couldn't face the possibility of being denied or you wouldn't face the possibility of being rated, which you definitely do. So not everybody is necessarily going to just qualify because they wanted it. So if you qualify for insurance, that's great. If you don't qualify for insurance, that is unfortunate because there's it's your privilege to have it. And maybe you I see this a lot, really, where people don't get it when they're younger. And guess what happens when you get older? It gets more expensive because you're getting older. So your risk of being here longer is less. That's what the actuaries are looking at. My my chances of living longer at 20 are significantly higher than when I'm 70. So that's what you're looking at. Now, what do we look for? Well, first, you're going to meet with your advisor. You're going to nail down what the right thing is that that works for you. Remember, the whole key to financially speaking, the whole key to everything we do is these two words, for you. It's you, you being you as a person or you as your family. It's your plan, so what's best for you? So you're going to go through all the pros and cons and you're going to figure out what's the best product that meets your needs and fills the void in case you need it. And then that is... um, what you're going to proceed to from there is you're going to look at the application. So with your advisor, you're going to answer answer any medical questions, if there are some, which depending on what you get, there might be medical questions. And there are going to be financial questions. And then once you answer these questions, your advisor is going to submit this policy to the um, different insurance companies that they're going, whatever insurance company they're going to use because there's lots and lots of carriers out there. But here's what you can expect. You can expect to have a conversation about personal, very personal stuff with your advisor. And you should be comfortable with your advisor because you're going to have that conversation. So this is why I I said in many shows before that if you're looking for what to look for in in a financial advisor, because you need to be comfortable so that you can have these conversations. Because your advisor isn't asking these questions because they're curious about, whether or not you've had surgery or whether or not you've got a history of cancer or heart heart disease in your family, they're asking these questions because it's required. So you have to be prepared to answer these questions honestly and comfortably. So make sure you're with somebody that you feel comfortable with. Now, be prepared when they ask these questions that you're just going to answer the questions. This is not a judgment against you. People get nervous about these questions because you're being judged. They're going to ask you your height and your weight. And there's going to be a chart that says, hey, if you're this tall, you should be, are you between this weight and this weight? And if you're not, you're going to say no. And if you are, you're going to say yes. And it's not a judgment about you and your weight or your physical um, dedication to the gym. It's just a question about how tall you are and how much you weigh. Nobody's sitting there judging you. They just are going through the numbers. So be prepared. Be prepared to take the time and answer these questions because depending on what kind of insurance you're doing, what kind of application it is, it could take you 10 minutes. It could take you 25 minutes. It could take you 30 or 40 minutes because you might have somebody called a paramedical uh, provider come to your door and do further medical tests, which I'm going to tell you about. So let's pretend that we know the difference between underwriting and no underwriting in more detail but I'm just going to give you the the short version underwriting means that they're going to ask you more questions and confirm what you've said is true basically no underwriting means they're not going to ask the questions and you're not going to be you can qualify for uh, guaranteed issuance which is no underwriting but your premium is going to be a little bit more because you're paying more for the privilege of not going through the underwriting, okay? But if you qualify for under, or maybe you have a health issue that you don't want to go through underwriting, but you'll qualify for the guaranteed side. So maybe you do that. Either way, this is something you're going to work out this strategy with your advisor. If you're going to qualify for underwriting, do it, because it's probably a cheaper policy uh, premium amount. If you can't qualify for underwriting, you're going to be having this conversation with your advisor, because your advisor is going to say, Either I don't think you're going to qualify for underwriting, which means you're going to be denied, or I'm going to send in a pre-underwriting request to ask if you will be so that you don't go all through this whole process for nothing. So there's lots of options and lots of conversations to be had. This all happens fairly quickly too, by the way. So underwriting is where they ask you more medical information. And this could be, uh, this will be, uh, any significant illnesses, family history, any current medication that you're on, any tests you're waiting for. So if you're waiting to go for uh, an MRI, a CT scan, an x-ray, because you had a uh, anything, it could be you had a broken leg and you had an x-ray, they're going to ask you when you had an x-ray and what it was for. It's not because they're going to deny you because you had a broken leg. You're just going to say, I had an x-ray because I had a broken leg last year. So these are things you're going to answer questions on then you're also going to potentially have a medical exam depending on how much insurance you're getting This, you know how big the face amount's going to be the purpose of it and all this so you might have to have a medical exam which is going to be done by a qualified physician um you m- may or may not you might have a paramedical come that takes your blood sample takes a urine sample te- tre- checks your blood pressure um asks you questions weighs you brings a scale and weighs you um That's all stuff that could come depending... Again, it all depends on what kind of insurance you're going for and how much you're going to apply for. There might just be something called an attending physician statement. This is confidential. It's all confidential. This is not stuff that's going to appear on Facebook. This is all... Unless you put it there, because it's all confidential with your advisor and your physician. So this is a confidential personal health statement from your doctor or medical advisor, medical person to the insurance company. So it doesn't even go through your your um, advisor. It goes straight from your doctor to the insurance company. That's it. So as an advisor myself, I've never seen them. I don't see them. I'm not entitled to see them. I don't ask for them. I have had things come up where I get a an email or a call from the insurance company that tells me to tell my client to go contact their doctor or Um, They need more information and they've applied to their doctor for more information. I don't know what the information is. I don't know the extent of it. I don't know the seriousness of it. I don't know if it's serious or not. I have no idea. I'm not entitled to that. Neither is your your advisor. Um, There could be an inspection report, which is financial underwriting. This is a confidential interview um, conducted by a, a professional consumer reporting company or a credit agency that's contacted by the insurance company. And it may include questions about fitness, lifestyle, driving, foreign travel, etc. It totally depends on the kind of insurance and the amount of insurance you're going to be applying for. The other things you can expect is there's going to be a policy issue date and there's going to be a delivery date. So once the underwriter has assessed your risk, then they're going to make a decision. And they're going to say to the insurance company, based on what we've assessed, we are going to recommend that you uh, approve this person for life insurance you approve this person for life insurance with a reduction in premium because they're so healthy, or we're gonna approve this person for life insurance with a rating, meaning that there is some health issues that came up, so they're a higher risk, but we're still going to give them life insurance, it's just gonna cost a little bit more. So then you're gonna have something that is the a, a delivery date. That's where your advisor is going to come and deliver the policy to you, and you're now in effect. It's there, it's permanent. If it's a permanent policy, Or if it's a temporary policy, it's permanently in place for that length of time where you can't lose it, you can't develop a health issue, that they take it away. And that's important because if you're 20 years old and you get insurance, you're young, you're healthy, it's a lot cheaper, of course. But if you're 50, 60, 70 years old and you wait to get life insurance, it's not just going to be more expensive because you're older. If you've developed any health issues, it might be more expensive because you have now got health issues. So those are important things to remember. Now... You have about a 10-day period um, where if you change your mind, you can cancel it. Um, But if not, then the premiums start and it's in effect and it's your policy going forward for the length of time that you have it. So those are some of the things that you're going to expect. I'm going to talk to you about the last thing that I think you should expect when we come back from our final break. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook-Noble. That's me on the inspired choices network and we will be right back to wrap up our conversation about life insurance
0: too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt we're scared confused and don't know who to talk to on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word. A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. Canada 613 800 8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook Global, on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking about what you can expect when you apply for life insurance. And before we went to the show, I get, or before we went to the commercial, the last uh, commercial break on the show, uh, we talked about the different different uh, steps you can expect with the life insurance. But the final, final step that I think is important, I think they're all important, but I think this one is is overlooked a lot. That's why I think it's important to highlight, is the service of the policy. So you've received your policy, it's been delivered Put it in a safe place. it is a, a a policy that policy is a living document that might have to change or be updated or as your life experiences change. So so if you get it when you're young, you might have to change the kind of insurance or the amount of insurance as you get married, as you have children, as your business grows, as your taxes and become a a, a bigger burden on your estate as you grow with your estate. There's, as your as your plans change, your dreams, uh, as everything grows and you start to develop differently, where maybe now you want to talk about a legacy or, or something, there's always a review that needs to be done. And this is the service. And I know a lot of people, and I know I know some of you out there are listening and thinking, yeah, that's me, got life insurance 20 years ago, threw it in a drawer somewhere and have really no idea what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it covers, not really sure how much it covers. Um and you haven't really looked at it since, you want to make sure you get service. You want to review it. I think it should be part of your annual plan, but you know what? At least every couple of years, you should be seeing that you got the right stuff. And we had this great question over the in the chat room over the break, and I'm going to share it with you. And uh, just before I do, I want to let you know, because people do ask, how long does the whole process take? It can be anywhere between four weeks and four months, depending on uh how big a policy uh if there's a more intense underwriting if you're waiting for doctor's notes because you are at the mercy of waiting for the doctors to the office to send it back and doctors are overwhelmingly busy for the most almost every day so you're waiting for them to get the statement to you um so that's it can take a while so be prepared and have a conversation don't be afraid to ask questions and one of the questions i got in the the chat room there is if something happens that you die or you're injured within a short time from starting your policy, what happens? Well, if you die you start your insurance policy, if it's within the first two years, they will check to make sure there's no foul play. It is uh, suicide exempts, uh, it avoids the policy in the first two years, so it will not pay out. Um, if there's no foul play and they determine, I mean, it's entirely possible you bought insurance last year and you died of a heart attack yesterday, a year later, it'll pay out. There's no foul play. There's no pre-existing conditions that they've looked into. It'll, the only thing that usually happens is it takes a little bit longer to settle because they have to check into it uh, a little bit deeper to make sure that there's nothing else there. Um, if you get injured, it doesn't affect your life insurance unless you have any disability rider or you have a different kind of policy, which these are out there, where you actually can access some of your life insurance. If you get critically ill and um, you need terminally ill and and you need to access some of the money because of the financial uh, hardship so there's ways to do that too but uh, for the most part if you're injured or sick your life insurance won't get affected unless you have one of those rider policies on them so that when I say there's a whole lot of pieces that go to the puzzle there really are and this is why it's nice to talk to an advisor because it's not just a straight line when it talks about insurance so hopefully you know now what you're going to be looking for when you go into that conversation and you'll have some questions that you can ask the advisors to, to, to make sure you get the right stuff. And when they start talking to you about different kinds of insurance, you're going to say, yep, you understand the difference. There's temporary and there's permanent. And temporary is for a specific time in our life, maybe an event, whereas the permanent is, is a little bit more with the estate planning, the tax planning, the whole overall plan. And that's sort of the the short version of how you would do it. Um, that's what we do here. And hopefully we broke that down on Financially Speaking to help people understand uh, any questions that they might have had about, you know, if you're going to go into a conversation or you're thinking about life insurance, but you didn't really know if you needed it or not, then now you can at least start a conversation and feel some comfort of understanding what the questions are going to be or what to expect or um, how long you should expect the process to take. So please continue to send questions to us. Uh, happy to answer them. I, I have, I mean, obviously, I, I, I said how much I really like life insurance. I think it's a, a, an amazing tool, and there's so many different opportunities to do great things with it, and different ways to use it. But there's a lot of financial topics out there that that uh, people like or have a passion for, or have a, a burning desire to know more about. Please send them to me, and I will do my best. I. I'm usually pretty good at getting through them. I think I've, I've answered almost all the questions now. I, I have a list that I put together and I just work my way through them to get them all answered for people when they ask me for them. So join us on Financially Speaking every Monday night and we will share topics with you on finance and join us every night on Inspired Choices Network if you want to really grow your life and improve your outlook and really make your life a better place for you and your family and your friends and in turn I always say and I believe this and I know it's a little bit bigger bite of the pie but if we are each doing everything we can to make our lives better we're ultimately making the world better and we're making everybody else better because we're focusing on the good things that we offer so join us every week on Financially Speaking. We'll be back again next week and I have a super cool special guest. We're going to have an awesome conversation and it's not even an interview. It's a conversation about the world and the market we're living in. So you don't want to miss that because we're going to be so excited. It's going to be more of a candid conversation. I'm super excited. It's the first time I've done that. So join us again right here, same time, same place, same station and we'll see you back here again next week.
0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.